There are two Bible readings this morning, both from the New Testament, the Philippians and Matthew. Firstly, the Philippians. It's on page 901 of this in the Pew Bible. Um, chapter 4, verses 4 to 9. It's under the heading, Words of Encouragement. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything instead. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me do, then the God of peace will be with you. And now turning to Matthew, it's on page 735, just one verse from chapter 5, verse 8. It simply says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. May we be blessed by these readings as we hear the word, the message based on it. I'd like to start uh, the message today with two images to illustrate uh, and get you thinking about how we might view things around us. <clears throat> the first image um, reminds me of uh, when I first had a part-time work as I was saving some money for university and I used to do the job of roguing. Okay, walking backwards and forwards in the uh, fields of barley, hunting down that wild oat, which was, his head was usually sticking out just above the rest. Uh, and a lot of people would see that as a, a tedious job, quite tiring, uh, hot and bothered. Uh, I quite liked the monotony of it every once in a while, just in a busy lifestyle. Um, and so that's an image which I want you to consider about how we look at different things. Um, by spotting the wild oats and removing them, it made the barley crop pure. By spotting flaws in ourselves, we can work out our salvation and look at correcting ourselves, being disciplined by God. It's a bit like uh, the plank of wood in our eye. And instead of looking at the speck of dust in someone else's eye, we make sure that we aren't um, seeing wrongly at that point. But the image could also be used to illustrate how we sometimes only look at the negative, at the faults and the single issues. Um, sometimes we do that to other people and not look at our own. And making a big deal of them and ignoring the good crop around us, sometimes deliberately. The second image I want to use as an illustration is an image of sluicing for gold or gold panning. Last year our family headed over to the west coast and went to Shantytown with the opportunity to do some gold panning. Uh, there's quite some skill with uh, this technique, and eventually 
you get to the point where the dirt, the sand, the mud are sifted away and you find the sparkle of that little speck of gold in the pan. It's like the eye of the pearl merchant who recognises the pearl of great value, something that is pure. So too, we should set our eyes on the good things that help us to focus on God's glory in this world and what he's doing in this world today. Uh, rather than sometimes being drawn to the increasing stories of lawlessness happening in the world. We need to be aware of them, we need to pray for them, but we want to make sure we are drawn to seeing God's hand in all events and his goodness to us. The beatitude we look at today focuses on these two things, remaining pure in a corrupt world and seeing God's hand around us. And this beatitude is often seen as a climax of the beatitudes, with the promise of seeing God's face. And the writers of the Gospels and the Epistles speak of it often. As with the other Beatitudes, we often look at the promise uh, given at the end of each Beatitude uh, as a future promise. But I'd like to suggest that it's also a promise for us today, that we will see God today when we look uh, for him. When we consider the task of keeping oneself pure for God, we can fall into the trap of being uh, a sense of it being our own achievement. Uh, and this beatitude, uh, sorry, and the purity we think we have to earn or obtain ourselves. The danger then is that when we fail to even meet our own standards, and we all know we will struggle with that, we are left depressed and ready to give up, or we shift the standard and get our theology wrong. The Pharisees struggled with that too. They were looking at keeping the law, the whole law, and when they couldn't do that, they looked at trying to keep one law absolutely perfect, thinking that would be enough. That would be uh, ability to please God. But this only creates a religion of human achievement. Purity exists from God. Even our own human efforts to be set apart can only be done through the strength given by the Holy Spirit. So I want to um, define to you six different states of purity which have been given to us. Um, and all but one of them we can do nothing about. And even with this one, how we approach it requires an understanding of our faith that we trust in the Holy Spirit guiding us. So the six states of purity, first one is called primal purity. That's the kind that only exists in God. Okay? Uh, we can't obtain it, it is simply there. If the world didn't exist, God would still be absolutely pure. God um, does not change, he is not corrupt, God is love and God is pure. That's something we know but we can't imagine in our fullness of minds. Second state of purity is created purity. And this is a purity that existed in God's creation before it was corrupted by the fall. We probably can't imagine what that's like ourselves. We've never been there. The third state of purity is what's called positional purity. The purity we are given the moment we trust in Jesus, Christ our Saviour. That's when God imputes to us Christ's own purity. That's what we call when we become a Christian. And I think even if you are someone who's gone on a journey, um, rather than just thinking about a single point in time, I think there is a point in time when God has imputed this purity to you, this positional purity. There's actual purity. And uh, actual purity in the new nature of the believer. So we've been given this positional purity when we are saved. And then every believer is a new creation. 
Paul confirms this in Romans 7, what we've been doing, studying earlier in the year. Uh, he says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. He recognizes this actual purity in this new creation God has given us, um, even though we're battling with the sinful nature there. The fifth uh, purity, state of purity is the one we can do something about sometimes, uh, is practical purity. Uh, this does require our efforts. We do this not to earn salvation, but because we have received salvation. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Paul says in chapter 7, Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. And let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. Okay? We, we don't do this to earn salvation, but because we have received salvation. And Peter also writes in his first letter, he says, But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, You must be holy because I am holy. And he quotes Leviticus there. God calls us to be as pure as we can in this world. We won't get it right or perfect. We'll need to confess our sins again and again. But we are called to work out our salvation with practicalness. And the sixth uh, state of purity is the ultimate purity. The perfected purity that God's redeemed people will experience when they are glorified in his presence. We shall be like him because shall, we shall see him just as he is. And that's from the letter of John. The danger of misconstruing practical purity in our lives is because there are two kinds of religion in this world. The religion of human achievement and the religion of divine accomplishment. We need to recognize the work of the Holy Spirit as we strive towards worshiping God and setting ourselves apart to be holy just as he is holy. Practical purity is what our first reading speaks of today. And I put this uh, wall hanging up over here at the start of last week. Uh, I put it up for the funeral service of Rona Jones. Um, in that service, I knew that Rona loved walking out, looking at nature, looking at the hills around this area. And we sung the song, All Things Bright and Beautiful. So this was beautiful to illustrate this. But it's also got our reading from today, uh, Philippians 4 verse 8. Uh, at the top of it. And this was designed by Murray Temple, who's turned 90 not so long ago. She'll be ready to make another one for me, I think. Um, and she made this because this was her mother's favorite verse. Okay, and uh, I have to say, it's one of my favorite verses too. It shows this idea of fixing our eyes on what is true fixing our eyes on what is noble, fixing our eyes on honourable and right and pure and lovely things which come from God. It's one of those pinnacle passages that remind us of how we can aim towards the practical purity that we strive for to serve our Lord Jesus. Yet the wider passages allow us to comprehend the method of the approach in full depth. What I mean by this is rather than just reading verse 4, verse 8, uh, we read uh, prior and after it too. The practical purity encourages us towards, is not something we can simply obtain 
by our own efforts. It's through the steps of positional purity and actual purity, which are the work of the Holy Spirit, that we can see the aid given to us to reach a level of practical purity. Let's have a look at the uh, series of verses again. So again, at the top, we see uh, the first thing to reach this practical purity is that we should always be full of the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we don't just do it once. We say, do it again. Let's be joyful again and again. That's part of the strength of the Holy Spirit working in our lives um, so that we can aim to serve God and see his goodness. We're also told there in verse 6, don't worry about anything. So there are some barriers sometimes that stop us from striving towards what God is calling us. And it's uh, natural that we worry about some things, we get anxious on one thing or another. Uh, but when we set our hearts on God and to do whatever we can in his name, we have these wonderful opportunities to look out there and see his hand, him at work. Um, recently I, I was talking to someone who, who was worried about some of the things coming up, how it was all going to work out, uh, and then a few days later it did, and he had to praise the Lord because of that. Uh, and I do too. I look and think, my goodness, Lord, you are close to us and how you bless us. We're told then you will be, you'll experience God's peace. Uh, and I reckon it would be lovely if you had time to do a little devotional study about what it means by God's peace. We define that quite differently, uh, maybe in our own terms, in our own lives. But here we're told that that's one of our strengths. Uh, you will experience God's peace. And later on it says again, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So this uh, peace which comes from a gospel of truth actually guards our hearts and minds and all that we do to serve him. It helps us to this practical purity. And we're told to keep putting into practice all you learned and received. So we don't just do it once and cross it off our list. We look at uh, serving God again and again in our daily lives. We're told to thank him. Have we prayed today? Have, we, um, have you today said, thank you, Lord, for being here? Thank you for this little thing I was worried about, and you've helped me get through it. And that finishes there with, then the God of peace will be with you. This idea that God will be there as we strive to be pure in our hearts. Once we have this help from the Holy Spirit, then our eyes are directed to what we should see and the hand of God at work. If we are distracted by things that are not of God, then we miss out on seeing him at work in our day-to-day -day lives. The beatitude, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God, reminds us that heart religion, religion of divine accomplishment, requires God's implanted purity. If you're longing to live for Jesus, if you have a vision to look for the good in this world, then expect to see God's face today, because the purity of the heart cleanses the eyes of the soul so that God becomes visible. Through the Holy Spirit, we will recognize aspects in our lives that we need to remove so they don't inhibit our relationship with God. Through the Holy Spirit, our minds and hearts are directed to what is good and holy and draws us closer to God. 
When we strive for this, we know that the promise of seeing God's face in the future age will come to pass, and we also realize that God is very close to us today, making himself known on a daily basis and revealing his hand, his face, his presence, and his love to us today. And that is a very reassuring thing, is it not? Let's pray. Lord, you are too wonderful for words. When we take time to reflect on where you've drawn us from, on the road you've travelled us on, the challenges we may face, the heartaches, the joys, the strengths, the weaknesses, Lord, you are there every moment. And we know we should have no need to worry, even if we don't understand some things. And Lord, we know that as we serve you, we can't do it on our own strength. We need your Holy Spirit, which you have given to us. And we ask, Lord, that today you give full measure of your Spirit to these people here, and to me, and to your church. That we remind ourselves that the joy, your joy is our strength, that your peace will guard our hearts and minds, and that we continuously thank you, Lord. Lord, be in control of our eyes, that when we look out, we see your hand in every situation. And when we see there is a need, Lord, let us make you known to those people. In Jesus' name, amen.